0: Welcome everyone to the Lighter Mind Podcast. In the Lighter Mind, we explore spirituality, personal growth, trauma, recovery, and the path to wholeness. The Lighter Mind Podcast is not intended to diagnose or treat any forms of mental illness. We are not licensed therapists unless otherwise noted, and these are experiential conversations. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the Lighter Mind Podcast. I've got Crow and Alan here, as well as as well as our wonderful guest, Mrs. Jill, over here. And so we had a little bit of a snafu that we 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 have done this podcast a couple weeks ago. And uh, it just didn't really work out because, the, I guess, the file didn't load
1: in correctly. Well, or... <laughs> I think what happened is I started editing it, and it just turned to white noise. And yeah, <laughs> unfortunately, the backup hadn't backed up, so there was no.
0: The
2: backup. universe said no. Yep, yeah. apparently
0: it was. It, it, I it thought it wasn't on the universe. Yeah, I thought it was an excellent podcast, but I think the universe wanted us to talk to Jill again. So yeah. here we are. <laughs> so right. here we are. Yeah. So. <laughs> I, I had, years ago, I
1: had to do a podcast twice. My friend Troy and I did a beer one, <laughs> and. Uh, I got really drunk. It was pretty embarrassing. (laughs) And it was two hours of of me and Troy drinking barley wine with these guys, which was like 12%. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) my God. Uh And then the next day, I was on vacation, and Troy called me, and he's like, we can't let that podcast get out, or we're going to get fired from our jobs. (laughs) So then I called the guy, and he's like, well, let me listen to it. I'll edit it, and we'll make it decent. Mm Mm-hmm. And then he called me back like two days later and said, there's nothing in that two hours <laughs> that I can release
2: and feel comfortable. See, now about. everyone's going to think that's what happened to us last <laughs> time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we,
1: it's, we, uh, we all yeah, ended up we, just giggling. Yeah, we had a very <laughs> yeah. scandalous episode. So I went yeah. back, Stone Cold Sober, and did a very boring podcast. Yeah. Yeah. The, What's
2: the, what do they say about Vegas? What happens yeah. in Vegas stays that's in Vegas. What, what yeah.
1: happens Ooh. in the podcast yeah. room, <laughs> room stays <laughs> in the podcast <laughs> room. <laughs> right. yeah. so, uh, yeah, so,
0: we, so we're we're joined with Jill once again, and um, I wanted to pass it over to you, Jill, okay. and give a little, little background into who you are and what you do, and okay. why are you here today? Why
2: am I? Well, I think I'm here because I know Alan and Crow yes. from yes. a previous life. Um, we used to work together and got to be friends. Yep. Um, so... I am a psychedelic-assisted psychotherapist. I'm a licensed clinical social worker. And I primarily these days am working with a modality called internal family systems, IFS. Um, My background, I don't know how much to talk about. It's not that important. I have a bachelor's in psychology and a master's in social work and a law degree. So I was in child welfare for many years, um, both as a lawyer and as a social work related person with nonprofits and stuff. Um, but went back and got my therapy license a couple of years ago. And that's what I've been doing in private practice for the last couple of years. Um, so mostly I work with, um, trauma, which is pretty much all of us.
3: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: And it yeah. manifests into many different types of, you know, what we would normally call symptoms. Um, I'm not a big fan of diagnoses cause I don't think, they're particularly helpful to us. Um, so maybe, if it's helpful we've had, we've had three conversations now about IFS, so this will be review for you guys, but I'll, maybe if I just give a little overview yeah, we'll, that'd be great. Yeah, we'll be catch awesome. everybody up, and then we can sort of talk about yeah, I don't know how you guys have been thinking about the information, and absolutely um, whether you've been using it at all. Last time I got to do a little practice with Kyle, so we may do a oh, little practice with someone yeah. else today. We'll see. Yeah. Um, So internal family systems, the the guy who started is named Dick Schwartz. If you're interested, you can find his books, you can find podcasts, you can find interviews. Um, It's something, he was a family systems therapist, like working with families. And he was working with primarily young women with eating disorders. And they sort of taught him that they had different parts of themselves. That had different roles. Um, so, the concept behind it is that you're not just a unitary consciousness or a self. You actually are a multiplicity of states of consciousness. Um, when you first introduce this idea to clients, sometimes they think that you're saying they're crazy yeah. <laughs> because <laughs> they think about civil faces of yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And diso- right, right. dissociative identity disorder. But I think, you know, DID is just this on a a continuum of some very significant trauma in which the parts get even more segregated from other parts of consciousness. So in IFS, we have basically three kinds of parts that show up for us. We have manager parts that try to prevent bad things from happening. So they generally hold memories of difficult things and then they're anticipating and they're trying to prevent that. So a lot of times your managers are like, Analytical problem solvers or anxious anticipators or harsh kind of critics um, trying to keep you from humiliating yourself or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, those are parts that show up, you know, when we're anticipating something and that, they can be around all the time. Um, and I guess the thing I should say about parts is usually they um, come into being when we're children. So there's often some overwhelming experience that happened as a child, and then a part of you has to come in and develop sort of a strategy to get you through something that was emotionally overwhelming that you weren't really equipped for. most of the time trauma the the primary injury is that you were alone with an overwhelming experience and you didn't have support. So your body and mind has to come up with some way to get you through that. so a manager part's gonna you know, sometimes take on like a critical voice from a parent and that it'll yell at you and tell you you're a piece of crap and tell you better do better. And and so those are the managers. Then we have what we call firefighters. And I think the the motto of the manager, I learned this somewhere, is never again. Mm. The motto of the firefighters is never, uh, wait, hold on. The firefighters are when all else fails. Mm. So if your manager part can't keep, hard emotions or scary feelings or bad things from happening, firefighters come in to just interrupt it. And they're the substance users, the the eating disorders, the cutting, the, you know, behaviors that sort of just interrupt pain or distract or bring you back into your body or, or whatever, or obliterate you. So you're not feeling anything right. And the thing about firefighters is they don't worry about tomorrow. They don't care about the consequences. They have a job to do. They're going to do their job and they do it really well. And sometimes they're also suicidal parts, right? Cause they are sort of like, well, if all else fails, I have, a, I have a solution for you.
3: Right.
2: <laughs> um, third type of parts are what we call exiles. Um, they are the ones that kind of hold the pain of the things that happened. Um, they're sort of segregated out of consciousness. A lot of times those are the ones that are a little bit hard to get to because managers and firefighters are sort of protecting you from that pain. Mm-hmm. And the exiles hold that. There are sometimes parts that hate them because they think they're whiny babies. (laughs) So you have to work a lot with all the parts to get permission to access exiles, to feel their pain, to to allow that vulnerability to come through. Um, And the thing to remember about parts that I love about this particular model is they're all trying to help. So it's a very strength-based model. So many people will come into therapy, and part of what's going on is they have a lot of self-hatred. They hate the part that's using substances, or they hate the way they get angry at people, or they feel ashamed. or you know. And if we get to know parts that do those kinds of things or have those kinds of symptoms, we often find their young parts using a strategy that they learned a long time ago that actually is trying to be helpful in some way. And so the way that we work with them is we learn how to access the compassionate witness part of ourselves, which we call self in parts work. So we have parts and then we have self energy. Um, If you're familiar with meditation or Buddhism or um, honestly, I think there are so many different ways different kinds of language you can use around this right so you try to find the language that works for people some people understand it as their soul or god it can be a spiritual kind of a sense or wise mind open awareness but the the important thing is that when you're in self energy you have access to all these um, c words compassion curiosity clarity connectedness um Courage, I won't be able to remember all of them off the top of my head, <laughs> but right. but you get the sense it's like um, you feel grounded, you feel open, you feel calm right. versus parts. You know you're in a part if you have grippy feelings in your body, activation, a lot of emotion or agitation. you know that's a that's a pretty good signpost that you've got a part that's in the room. And then we try to cultivate a relationship between self to the parts and you approach parts with compassionate curiosity um so that you can get to know them figure out what they need what was their injury how do we support them so the other thing that's great about being an IFS therapist is i don't need to know anything <laughs> i am listening to the client and their process I'm trying to hold a safe space for that to unfold. Um, And the most important relationship isn't from me to the person I'm sitting with. It's from the person to their part. And I'm trying to guide them to that kind of better, healthier relationship with themselves. Because eventually you want people to do that without you in the room, right? Mm -hmm. And I don't know what parts need. I don't know what's going to heal you. The self... um, in psychedelic assisted therapy we call, we we know that everybody has an inner healing capacity and if you can get out of the way um, it will unfold in you know the same way that your a, a, a cut heals without you having to do anything your body knows what to do your mind can do the same thing if you get out of the way or if you can hold yourself with compassion and watch your experience unfolding without getting caught in it right so, we do a lot of practice. It's a lot of mindfulness.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Becoming aware of parts, getting clarity about parts, um, getting space from parts so that they don't hijack us, and we can then support them. Um, I think that's the gist of it. Is that a pretty good... Does that... Yeah. <laughs> I,
0: think that's, I think that's sufficient. Okay. Right. Absolutely.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: All right, who wants to go?
2: Yeah, so I don't know how it's been coming up for anybody.
1: Thinking about something. Kyle has been actually doing this probably more than me. I, I was the last time after our our aborted podcast. I. uh, Tried it a couple of times and was finding I was struggling.
2: I bet you were critical of yourself when you lost the last one, weren't you? <laughs> oh, it was bad. I bet it was bad. I had to talk you Yeah, off the it's right? all right, man. But it's that's a part, problem. right? That's yeah. a part. I mean, I
1: probably spent like 40 hours trying to salvage it.
2: Yeah. And oh.
1: finally just, and yeah. you know, I, I, I don't like failing.
2: Uh, uh, I just, I oh, that's yeah. hard. Yeah. So, yeah. so there's, there's a part that bad. we could certainly... This we this story. Yeah. We could check Go in with that we'll if you want to. But you were saying, Kyle, you were using it a little bit at work
0: yeah, yeah so i i actually used it yesterday so the as you were talking i actually managed to kind of piece something together hmm. because over the last so over the last month and i've talked about this on the last couple episodes last month has been challenging for me um, because i'm I, I started like really hitting therapy hard again and it started bringing up the part of me that shames myself. Hmm. And as I was listening to you talk, I figured out because you, you were you were talking about how, like at some point in time, like it served a purpose. Yes. And I identified that the part of me that shames myself did it in order to kind of keep my actions in check because yep. I grew up in. Um, a household where if you acted out in any type of way, there was a punishment associated with that, right? And so I realized that my shame was a way to protect me, yeah. Um, at a very, very young age, which was that's a huge that's epi- a- epiphany for me, yeah. Um,
2: so if we were you know doing that in session, right, mm-hmm. we would actually visualize that little you mm-hmm. and you would get a sense of how old it is. Mm -hmm. Probably there'd be images associated with it. Yeah. Right. And then we would imagine your adult self coming into the room with that little part. Mm -hmm. And what does it need you to know about how it felt? What do you want to say to it Mm -hmm. that it needs to hear? You know, what's so interesting about parts work that's different than like, um, you know, AA has child parts right the inner, like the inner, inner child. child yeah so the i have child. yeah i have clients who've done that kind of work but ifs goes like this step further because it's one thing to just know you have this inner child that's done this thing mm-hmm. it's another thing to you sit in the room with your child as a loving adult and feel heart to heart compassion mm-hmm. for that kid and if yeah. that is transformative for people like you can really heal yeah. parts
0: well I, I had a i had an experience actually yesterday uh-huh. with that. Yeah. So so I we were talking about, like on our last episode, we were talking about um how particularly you and I we have like that watchfulness of like kind of really checking in with ourselves in the morning and seeing, you know, seeing where we're at mentally and physically and everything. And I realized yesterday, just trying to just trying to pull myself out of this stupor that I've been in this last month that I've been checking in with myself and identifying that that part is there, but I haven't been truly investigating the way that I should. Mm. And so yesterday I had a, right after my, my meditation, I came out of my meditation and I felt just awful and I just felt, you know, restless, irritable, discontent. And so I went back into like another like meditative state and I tried to check around. The first thing I asked, I was like, "Is anyone in here upset?" That's a <laughs> great question. I had a hand raise, <laughs> and the That's awesome. the hand mm-hmm. that raised. Without going into like too much detail about what it is, but I, I had a part of me um, that you know had many fears around uh, fear of failure, fear of succeeding, fear of being alone, fear like all these different fears. And so, but I but I approached it with like that compassionate curiosity, which is something that I'm trying to like work into my own mantra. And that part of me, like I I, I actually like kind of sat down and like talked with it, and that part of me just wanted to be heard.
2: That's and, what yeah. they all
0: want. Yeah, and it literally just told me that, like you know, just you know, I I I tried to you know reassure it that you know like we're we're safe right now and. I gave him a hug and it calmed down significantly. I
2: I love that. And And it was, yeah, yeah, it
0: was, it was pretty transformative because as soon as I like kind of came out of that state, Everything was fine.
2: Yeah, you hit the nail on the head. Mm-hmm. All they want is to be heard. Absolutely, that's all they want, mm-hmm. and and they didn't get heard or seen or understood or acknowledged. Or mm-hmm. it, it it was being alone with it, yeah. right? Yeah, and not really getting understood. And so mm-hmm. I love that you figured that out. And
0: mm-hmm. but it was, but I think it was, it was like a a huge insight into. The parts of me that like to disassociate from that type of thing. Yeah. And I, and I kind of, I, I was able to, in that moment to identify all of the parts that were coming into play to protect that. Yeah. That one part of me that was hiding in the back corner. Yeah. So that it didn't have his voice heard. Right. And all these other parts that were like, oh, yeah, I'm going to check in with myself in the morning, but now I'm not going to go any further than that. And this other one's still screaming in the background, yeah. like trying to get her. Hello. Hurt. Yeah. Yeah. And so it was. It was it was actually pretty cool but it but it actually relieved a lot of like you know that that yucky feeling I guess. Yeah.
2: yeah. Well and it's cool also I think sometimes when people come in initially they're so overwhelmed because you have multiple parts arising at the same time. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you take that example, you wake up in the morning you're feeling anxious or irritable mm-hmm. and then you might have a dissociative part that shows up to shut that down first there might be a critic you know oftentimes it's like anxiety critic why do you always feel like this what the hell's wrong with you shame dissociation
3: because
2: mm-hmm. um, shame's the worst and then the dissociative part comes is just like check out mm-hmm. so people are going through these cycles rapidly without really knowing they just know they feel crappy and not well and not here and like you said, just feeling ugh, yeah, right? And, yeah. and then once you start to be like, oh, this one, then this one. And you recognize the marker in your body. Ah, oh, you're the little anxious one. Oh, here comes dissociation. Yeah. <laughs> then you kind of learn who they are and what they're doing. When you start to recognize it as this younger mm-hmm. kid who was shaming himself to keep himself protected. Then It's wild. It's totally different. <laughs> then when he yeah. shows up, you can be like, oh, I know you yeah uh hello
0: no and and i think that like because we had so we had talked last time um i you know i think i had i had asked the question because i think when you had originally started discussing this topic i was so hesitant yeah because i i wanted to almost use it as a way to like manipulate
2: well, and, and her, you were asking about yourself as a young man in rehab, right? And how yeah, you're, you're like, like, oh, I would yeah, have totally it, used this. Yeah, I
0: would have used this to manipulate it as to like not take accountability for my own actions. But as soon as we, like for, for the listeners on the last episode, I, you know, we, we dove into Kyle's head a little bit. We did. <laughs> and um, I, I think that once that part really accepted that it was or really acknowledged that it was safe. You know, around you. Because I think that naturally I'm intimidated by therapists in any variety. I get it. And yep. and so, and I think that, I mean, I think that's not, I'm not unique in well, that Well, I respect. think there <laughs> are
2: always parts mm-hmm. that some don't want to go to therapy. Yeah. yeah. They think they know what I'm up to. Exactly. And they don't want that. And exactly. they've been protecting you from yeah. that in your whole life, yeah. right? And I, and <laughs> like, so, by, so it totally yeah. makes sense. Yeah.
0: So by realizing that though, I think... Um And like really kind of making peace with that. I've been able to really start incorporating some of these things. That's super cool. Which is pretty expensive.
2: Yeah. Well, and I remember because you were saying, well, at least the way I heard it was, well, what would you do with a kid like me? Exactly. Right? Yeah. And I was, you know, we always just start with, tell me about the part that doesn't want to talk to me. Yeah. Tell me all about that one. What does it know? You know, it thinks I'm full of shit, whatever. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter. You just start with where you are and assume that that's the most important thing right now. So if what I get across from me is what is classically thought of as resistance. I think I think of as a protective part, Mm -hmm. you know, bring it on. I'm happy to talk to resistance. You Mm -hmm. know, there's a reason for resistance. There's something I don't understand if you're protecting yourself from me. Right. And, and that's where we have to start then, because if I try to dig into trauma and go to exiles, Mm -hmm. no way you're going to be dissociating. You're going to be pushing back. You're going to get argumentative with me because you're going to have parts that I'm not listening to. Mm. Right, yeah. and that's yeah. you know that's the other important thing is your parts like to be listened to, but this is how you deal with other people in conflict too, because all their parts want is to be listened to also.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And when we're in conflict with people, it's parts talking to parts.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, so this is great stuff for couples mm-hmm. um, because if you can start, you know, it's also so much less shaming, you know, because it's it's not like. I'm lazy. It's I have a part that sometimes doesn't want to get out of bed. Sometimes mm-hmm. you do. Most of the time you do. It's yeah. not all of you. Mhm. It's a part. It comes and goes. It's doing a job.
0: Mhm.
2: Um so
0: No, I think that's I think that's very valuable and and we had talked about this last time about how the the traditional therapy is that when you when you have like a adolescent who is disruptive in school or doing drugs or anything like that and they you know the the therapist will typically just list them as defiant or
2: they get labels yeah
0: they, they get labels well, the labels or, you are you know, easy right like
1: oh yeah. that's yeah. what the problem is right yeah.
2: well i think it excuses mm-hmm. us from helping Yeah, right? exactly it's it like does. oh well that kid doesn't want help he's resistant well, it,
0: it it discredits like what they're actually going through is what it does yeah
2: that's right and I mean, I feel like this happens in the field we were all in together. Mm -hmm. You know, if I hear somebody say the kids manipulative, I'm like, "Mm, Mm, yeah, no, bueno. (laughs) I don't. I know. But well, guess what? We're all manipulative all day long because we're all trying to get our needs met. So Mm -hmm. so are you, my friend. But yeah, you know. Kids who act out are kids who are telling us something important about what's going on. Mm -hmm. They're the squeaky wheels. They're often the truth tellers.
1: Yeah. Yeah,
3: They really
2: are. And when we worked with the
3: kids, you know,
1: I mean, I was very resistant to uh, the capricious nature of how they would deal with the kids. Yeah. You know, like shaming them in front of all the other kids. Yeah. So, you know, I learned this from Chris, is I would just get up with the kid, you know, and be like, hey, man, what's listen,
2: going on? Listen to the parts. Yeah, what's going on? Yeah, tell you? me all about it. And then would be like,
1: and it would just be then like, ah, you yeah. know, and like, <laughs> my dad this, and, yeah. you know, school that. And I'm like, yeah, I get it. I was like you, you know, and I mm-hmm. think that that...
2: Then it settles when you listen. For me, it was mm-hmm. a
1: huge um, plus, because I was one of those
4: kids.
2: Yeah. Well, it, when that you're nice. in a program like that, you have to make room for that kind of listening. Right. Mm-hmm. And...
4: And I think it's the yeah. very, very act of just not coming at them, not coming behind them to push them, but coming alongside
3: mm-hmm.
4: is in, and just listening, even if we don't have the answers, mm-hmm. which we never do. Your clients do. The kid does. Yeah. But they just need to be taught, first, how to listen. So if they just would listen, watch me listen to them then they know that it's okay. What's that? Start, starting point, first starting point. Don't worry about anything else today. Just you learned how to listen, and you learned that from me.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: And then you go home, and then day two, I don't have any answers for you again, kid. But watch me. I'm listening to you. Yeah. That it's... That's how we listen.
2: It's that nervous system to nervous system regulation, right?
4: Yeah. yeah. And it's just about leading by example mm-hmm. of teaching them to listen. And then the rest is the heart piece, math. you know, the heart math piece of just, I'm going to sit with you and just go along. But
2: yeah, I was thinking, as you were saying that, Chris, a lot of times when people do the imaginary work with their exiles, they come alongside you know, yeah. it's it's like an arm around, right. or yes. yeah. or, a, yeah. well, or kneeling next yeah. to, yeah. or right. And yeah. hunter
1: gatherers, I mean, they would always walk like that side by side, side by side, right? Right. Just
2: um, having that adult support um, with your child <coughs> self in those moments where they really needed that.
4: Well, there's something very powerfully imagistic about somebody pushing you. You feel shamed because you're not good enough. You need them to you know sort of push you and i will not be pulled by anybody Mm. (laughs) anybody coming at me especially those kids taught me that Mm -hmm. and that's why the best therapy was windshield therapy when you're driving them home Mm -hmm. then they would open up because you are literally side by side and there's a big wide window in front of them
3: Mm
4: -hmm. Uh, sort of an image there that you get is the future, or there's something outside of me and outside of you. But there's just this correlation to outside of us. But now you, it's it, you're safe to get outside of you, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and to speak just. And oh, did they just talk? <laughs> and because they were safe. But, yeah. um Yeah. I like the fact that there's really only three.
2: I'm sure there's three categories. Three categories. There's three categories because you can have multiples, multiple managers. I like that because
4: my brain goes one, two, three, many.
2: Yeah, well, it shuts down. Well, (laughs) I think think most humans do. You can, you know, when you start listing out all your parts, sometimes it is a long list, but but you'll find really what matters is what's coming up for you moment to moment, right? So. Unlike other kind of trauma therapies where there seems to be this idea we have to go back and reprocess all this trauma and, you know, the detail of the past isn't important unless it's um, impacting you today. Mm -hmm. So, you know, your story, Kyle, like you wake up feeling upset or like you were saying, Ally, I spent 48 hours trying to fix this stupid (laughs) podcast. Those are parts showing up today causing some kind of challenge now and then it's helpful to go back and be like, uh, how old is this one and where did this come from and how is it helping yeah, me? Yeah,
1: that's interesting because like, I used to freelance websites to make extra money 20 years ago and sometimes I would stay up for like three days straight trying yeah. to figure out code because something wouldn't work Yeah, and at the time my girlfriend it was like you need to sleep I'd be up all night, she'd go to work she come home, I'd still be working. She go to bed the next night, I'd still be because wow. there was some line of code that was like making the whole thing. And there crash. was
2: some part of you that just couldn't let couldn't. that. There's no way. Go. There was no way. I'd get yeah. in bed
1: and just sit there and visualize it.
2: Uh huh. And,
1: and I'm like, until I solve it, I'm not going to be able to sleep.
2: That's so interesting. We all
1: didn't have a yeah. So part that's like, like that. every like I need to know where my wallet and keys are. Every I don't night. have
2: one that like, strong.
1: I can't sleep <laughs> no. Like that's if strong. I don't know exactly no. where my those things are. Yeah. So, yeah, so that's weird. That's know? really so, interesting.
2: We could learn a lot about that.
1: Yeah, I'm sure we could. <laughs> I would love to. Yeah, you know, I, don't, I don't know. You know thank, thank you I, for I, volunteering. When I, when, I, when I was thinking about that kind of thing, I'm like, well, when did that start? Mm-hmm. Like,
2: Do you want to try to figure it out? We, we don't have
0: Probably, to. We can yeah, talk we for can a little bit longer, yeah, and then we it's can. It's okay.
2: So, well, I, give it, give it some thought. Yeah, you know, so, we don't, we don't have to go deep either. Well, and you know? I mean,
1: even as a kid, I was really into figuring out how things worked. Yeah, and I think that's similar. But I also would like take apart my dad's very expensive camera without him knowing. Uh huh. And not be able to put it back together. Uh-oh. Take apart the typewriter. Oops. Not be able to put so it back So
2: there were consequences together. when you failed yeah, at it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So and
1: maybe that's. Yeah. So. Could be. Well, here we go. It could be.
2: <laughs> could be. But just notice how, so, you know, when you do this work, notice how you're talking about what might be true right. and it's sort of an intellectual kind of part sort of thinking about it you know we won't know till we actually go ask the part itself Yeah, and we do that beginning in touch with the felt sense of it in your body and, and you know usually you enter it through You know, you could bring to mind the time you stayed up for three days, right? And what was that like and how did it feel in your body and what was going on and what was it saying? So there's a difference between like a cognitive kind of, which I think is what the child child part work is. It's like a cognitive understanding there's a younger part of you. But that doesn't really get them heard. Yeah. And you don't have that heart-to-heart connection with that little part. It's in there, Alan, and it'll tell you. It'll tell you, I'm this old this is what I remember. This is what happened. This is why I have to do it. It may be shocked that you actually exist because mm. a lot of times they think you're their age and they're still protecting you. They're, they're surprised when they find out you're an adult. Um, it's really interesting. I know that sounds crazy, but it's,
4: it's fascinating. fascinating. Oh, yeah. And I have yeah. people's
2: minds blown in my office on the regular <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> doing this work and i was saying to my husband the other day like i had a very intense session with a woman you know and she was having she was communing with a teenage part of herself where she was smelling the perfume she was wearing oh my god you know like detailed <laughs> sensory information mm-hmm. from a memory she had that was traumatic you know and I've gotten kind of used to it, you know, and so like afterwards people are kind of like, "Whoa, what? That was crazy. What just happened? I'm like, yep, that's what happens. And then I went to dinner and I, and I said to my husband, I'm like, I, I'm getting used to like blowing people's minds. Yeah, <laughs> it's, yeah, so cool.
3: awesome. oh.
2: it's so well, cool. It's so cool. And people feel different. Like yeah. they feel different physically lighter they feel like something has shifted
4: that's that's the thing that fascinates me about it too yeah. is how many of us adults are so and I and I talk about this a lot all week long in 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 group is that we're so disconnected
2: from ourselves or from oh, each other
4: head or, from body yes uh, selves from each other yes and collectively selves from nature yes which we are and it's just a separation all the way down the line to the point where our brain and and everything is is firing, wiring, and firing completely separate. Yeah, going you... in six different directions or more than that. A hundred percent. Yeah.
3: At,
4: at the end of all of that, something might arise, and you know, an outside um, a piece of information or something from somebody else. We're trying to figure them out, trying to. Figure out some way to relate to them. We've lost ourselves. We don't. We're not even connected enough to know where something's showing up in our own body. Mm-hmm. So I often ask adults the same questions that we used to ask in our place of work, mm-hmm. which is, "Where do you feel it?" Yeah. You have to stop and think about who yeah. Today, I'm I'm a little um, a little irritated today. Okay, good. Where do you feel it? Well, I don't know. And they have to stop and really think yeah. about that one. Well, how do you know? Are you shaking? Is your blood pulsing? Do you feel an uptick in the heart? What, what, you know, you're, you're breathing heavy. What's going on? Well, I don't know. Yeah. there, there's, And I think this IFS, what I like about that is that as you're doing that work, you're having a reconnection, is that right? That's kind of it. To, to the body part of
2: the whole thing the is reintegration, is reintegration, yes. and yes. parts are full states of consciousness that come with body sensations, emotions, thought, memory. So they're not just thoughts; they're full states of consciousness. Yes. Right, and and people do develop parts that protect them from their bodies. Oh yeah. Right. Oh yeah. That say no. We're not feeling that. So a drinking part, you know, if you think about
4: oh my alcoholism parts, right? If you think about
2: if you think about parts that disconnect you from your experience, sleeping, dissociation, drug use, suicidality, pornography, all pull in the direction of escape, yep, and avoidance, right? Yep, and so you know even overwork right? Just constant distraction, Distraction. um, avoidance. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Avoidance, avoidance, avoidance. We have so many parts that develop those strategies in so many creative ways. Mm -hmm. And that's a way to disconnect from my experience, my body, my discomfort. So, you know, I would say
4: all those words is the exile.
2: Yeah, right? I mean, I guess that's the... Buried by all it's, of those. It's the different... original, you know, the traumas that were overwhelming for us that we had to protect ourselves from, and then we pro- disconnect from ourselves. Also, you know, if you live in a household where your needs don't matter, mm-hmm. or people don't see you, or you have to please the adults in order to survive, you're going to cut yourself off from your own intuition
3: mm-hmm.
2: in order to please the people around you or not get hurt. Um, you know, so often kids who are acting out are kids who um, aren't towing the party line.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, they're truth tellers. They're saying, something's wrong here. <laughs> right. 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 And and it's not just me, although that's how it's interpreted. Yeah. Right. And that's what the parents will tell you. You have a behavior problem. Right. But the kid is expressing a thing that's not correct. That's not that they're not getting in the household, and so, so you know, often I think, like I'll work with people who have a lot of regret around their behavior. You know, they were,
4: but they don't know where it comes from.
2: Well, and they, I think they think they're broken. I yeah. think I think yeah. what they think is something was wrong with me, and I was bad. Other kids weren't doing this, but then when you say to them, uh, "You were the kid in the family." telling everyone what was going on and nobody was speaking your language you know it's such a relief to people to find out that it was an expression and the only way a kid knows how to express you know kids don't have words for boy my parents really aren't seeing me mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah. resonating with my with my nervous system and supporting me in this no they can't they don't have words for that right
4: this would be an incredibly empowering Process or modality for every kid to learn, oh. whether they think they have an issue or not.
2: I agree. You know what? I and have every a,
4: adult. Let's get serious here. Every adult. I
2: might have told mm-hmm. you guys this story, but I have a client who has a daughter, and um, they're, he's divorced. And so she has to go back and forth. And she called him one time, really upset with her mom. And he's begun teaching her parts language. Mm-hmm. So he said something like, you, have a fr- you know, your mom has a frustrated part. And this is what your mom does when her part is whatever. So, you know, you have a frustrated part too. So they sort of talked about it. And it helped her settle down. And then she was in the car with someone else's mom. And the mom said, I'm so frustrated. And the daughter said, you just got to take your frustrated part out and pet it and tell it yeah. it's okay. <laughs> and, and, yeah. and love yeah. on it a little bit. And it'll be like, that's what she told the mom, you know?
3: Yeah.
2: And, and he's like, it's amazing. And the way that, you know, she's pre-adolescent. She's like 12. So it's important right now what their relationship yes. is like. And he had been a drinker. So she remembers scary dad. And he's trying to build a lot of trust and and redo that relationship now. And so the parts work's been amazing because he can still get a little activated and then he'll say, I know that looked like scary dad. Here's the part that happened and that wasn't your fault. And and then he can come back and repair. Mm -hmm. And then she has permission to do that, too right right so it's it's this beautiful way of just acknowledging what's here but without it being shaming understanding yourself and what's why these things are getting and activated it, yeah
4: it, yeah and what i see or what i feel in addiction recovery is that there's the over one number one driver right there is everybody comes in doesn't matter if you're a 15 16 year old 12 year old child or teen you're an adult and then you come in with the big over the big gray cloud of shame yeah i should have known better and i should be better i should 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 those
2: are the critics
4: yes and it's and they all, drive the shame they drive everything yeah. at that point yeah because it's yeah. like how did I number one get here in this place in life? Yeah. With all the wreckage, the past, whatever. But how did I let this happen? I should. Yeah. So critics
2: I, I again, if I said this before, <laughs>
4: I
3: apologize.
1: We've heard it, but, <laughs> no, but there's this this
2: concept of uh in Buddhism of the double arrows. Are you guys familiar with that? So the first arrow is just how you feel. Okay? That's not avoidable. You're going to feel irritable. You're going to feel sad. You're going to feel anxious. You're in a human body. So that's part of your experience. This is going to come and go. The second area is the story you tell yourself about the way you're feeling. Yes. And that is where most of the suffering is. Yeah. So if you wake up anxious or you wake up depressed... And you have this voice that says, what the hell's wrong with you? You always do this. Nobody else is like that. Why can't you get out of bed, you piece of crap? Why did you drink last night? Da, da, da. Right, right. The critical managers are the ones that drive almost 80% of the suffering that most people have. Oh,
0: absolutely. That's been my experience. <laughs> yeah. Thus, yeah. we
1: bring in stoicism. Yeah, even you, then, though, I mean, I just was running through. how I'm always that way, so critical. Yeah. About everything I do. Yeah.
2: yeah, they watch us. They ride on our shoulders. They're constantly monitoring. They think, they project what they think other people are thinking about us or how we're perceived. And, and so if you can help people get a little distance from their critic and treat it with kindness and learn about it. And, you know, a lot of times these parts got these jobs. They don't even like their jobs. That's a terrible job. Mm-hmm. Who wants to be yelling at someone all day long? It's right. exhausting, yeah. <laughs> and to be having to monitor your ass twenty four seven—come on, that's right. a terrible job yeah. for like a ten year old to have because usually they're about ten years old. Yeah. They'd rather be off playing. Mm-hmm. So and learning, yeah. So you can invite the part. You know, part of the bargain we make with the parts is if you let us heal these exiles, you won't have to work so hard anymore. Because you're trying to prevent humiliation. You're trying to prevent failure. You're trying to prevent shame. If we can go in there and help that little one that's holding all that, you don't have to protect it so hard anymore. And then you can transform. You can keep, you know, we're never trying to get rid of any parts. That's, that's a really important piece of this. No, we want to keep all our parts. But we might invite them to transform, unburden, take on a different role. Maybe they'd rather be a life coach than a drill sergeant. -hmm. You know, because we do need parts that say to us, you can do better.
3: Mm.
2: But there's a difference between, hey, come on, you got this go to the gym it's five in the morning kyle mm-hmm. or or a part that's like get your lazy ass out of bed you, <laughs> you dumb always ass. do this you always do that right yeah.
3: it's
1: hey, you yeah suck. You, you suck
2: you suck yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah versus you know how would you talk to that child right if you were talking to a child who was like i'm a terrible person you'd be mm-hmm. like oh uh-huh. buddy you got this right. yeah let me go to the gym with yeah. you yeah. We'll and do I, it together. Right? And I think
0: that that's, that's the huge switch for me is that compassionate mindset. Cause I think that's something I think just habitually I've, I, the parts of, I'm, I've gotten so accustomed to the parts of me, like shaming myself and being in, you know, just the critics showing up yeah. for everything that I do wrong forever. Well, and
2: they I, think you know. that that's the only way to get you to do Exactly.
0: Things. And I, but I think yeah. that, um,
4: could that be learned? Can what we, that. Component of that that attribute,
2: the compassion. The no, com-
4: the, no, the no the 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 critic, the critic. You think, have well, learned that well, that's, in our well, childhood. Well, that well, that's what I well, so that's what I
0: was saying at the beginning, and that that I kind of pieced together is that that part that part of me was trying to protect me from acting out in my household, or else I was going to be punished by mom and dad, right? And so and and that I mean that's like a five year old Kyle that had kind of pieced that together but i've been living my entire life like that yeah. and i think that it's
2: like if you yell at yourself first the other people won't yell yeah at
0: that's you. it that's exactly yeah. what it is yeah, yeah it's like i'm gonna punish myself first, first. so that i don't get punished By externally yeah. yeah and so but i think that it, it is since that is a learned behavior it's not that i'm trying to like unlearn that behavior but i'm almost trying to like tone the voice down you're trying try to, to
2: love yeah. on that part exactly and try to see it, it as compassion. the five-year-old it is yeah. and be like hey buddy you don't have to yell anymore." yeah, cause it,
0: yeah. because it because it because that's what we were talking about when i did when we did like the little parts work on me last time <laughs> is you know that part of me that had been punished by my mother just wanted to be loved yeah you know and i think that that is you know that's i just have to like treat every part of myself like that yeah from here on out, you show up hard. as
2: the loving parent you wished you had, and yeah. you know we don't have to hate our parents for failing us because all of our parents did, mm-hmm. uh, and they did the best they could, and yeah. none of us had perfect parents, but we can show up for ourselves, absolutely, mm-hmm. as like a wonderful, loving, compassionate parent that has mm-hmm. all the patience in the world, mm-hmm. and reparent right. ourselves, and that's the that's it,
4: yeah, and yeah. permission to do so,
2: it, yeah. Because right. you because you piece. deserved it because yeah, you're and, and, you deserved it as a child, that's, that's what you deserved.
4: That's it too is allowing ourselves permission mm-hmm. To get over that hurdle, I think is right. a that's big a tough one, one for a, a I, you lot know, of I people. Probably ten
1: times a day, tell myself I got to get you got to get your shit together. Like,
2: all the time, like, you know. My, Alan, I feel like this part I, really wants our attention. How, it keeps showing up. <laughs> then, like yesterday, too, I was
1: cleaning the garage and I was just like so mad. It was such a mess. And then I'm like, "Wait, you made this mess. It's your fault. You got to get your shit together. Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with you?" Ah. And I hear it like all day long. Well,
2: I can. I'm hearing it right now. Yeah. Yeah. and it seems like it really wants you to pay but attention. I don't know where, I, so
1: I'm try, well, As we've been sitting here, yeah. I've been trying to like figure out where. Well, it's, can we
2: do it? Can we? Is it yeah, okay? So we can come do on, it. man. Come is on. It okay?
1: <laughs> so there's this part of me, and when, yeah. and when yeah. I went to therapy with my wife, yeah. I had to, like, completely, like, drop this, like, she's going to judge me. Because oh. I have that thing, right? Yeah. So, like, well,
2: okay, so as let's, a kid,
1: I was always, you know, yeah. we've had this conversation a million times. I was always sure everyone was judging me. Yeah. Right? And I've gotten much better with the podcast now. Like, yeah. I just say what's happened. Because I don't care it, anymore. Here's but what, I Well, but you do, little, But right? you do. So, let's yeah, start you do. there. Okay. So,
2: let's start there. So, here's a part that says, if I talk about this, I feel like I'm going to be judged. Right. So, how do you know that one's here? Like when you feel, you know, notice how it is in and around your body. Oh,
1: my my chest is very tense. You can feel your chest tight. My face feels like it's going to explode
2: okay so there's an exploding face <laughs> yeah, feeling nice, right? yeah. Yeah. yeah well so this one let's just sit with it for a minute if that's okay and if it's not okay that's okay. all right and yeah, we okay. don't even have to go past yeah. this one okay. you know sometimes it's just the one that feels like it's right. going to be judged we'll right. just start there all right so just check in with that part notice what it feels like see what comes to mind as you sit with it, it are there memories are there other sensations are there thoughts
1: uh Yeah, there's some memories. I mean, I think it. it it's weird because it's, it's so intertwined with like all the bullying that happened when I was a kid.
2: Ah, oh,
1: yeah. Right? So yeah. We, in my podcast, and we talked about that. And then our friend Corey texted me. He's like, I had no idea how bullied you were. So, yeah, mm-hmm. you know? that
2: makes sense. That kid is like... You can feel him.
1: Like right. the kid that really screwed with me after that, we did our podcast, I like Google stalked him. Because I used to, I swear when I was at Colorado State, I would see him on campus. I'm like, that's that dude. And he would like look at me like, oh God, I hope he doesn't recognize me. Sure. You know, and sure, shit, it was him. Mm -hmm. And now I know where he lives and all this stuff. And I'm like, I just want to go punch him in the face. (laughs)
2: Because it was so
1: demeaning. Okay. So, look. So these are intertwined to me. Of course
2: they are. and, And let's, first of all, I just want to acknowledge the one that wants to punch him in the face. Yeah, That one's welcome. Good. okay it can be here but I'd love to go back to the one that you feel the tightness in the chest that's associated with bullying so this one's kind of surfacing right. some yeah. feelings about what it was like to be bullied yeah, it's terrible it's terrible yeah so how old do you just check in with this part and ask how old it is like how long has it been around this
1: one it's probably like right about one. Well, before my parents got divorced, so maybe 10. 10, 10 okay. Or 11.
2: Yeah, so can you get a picture in your mind of him? And huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, what else does he want us to know about that experience? Yeah. Or does he want to? Because, you know, I know this is like...
1: Well, I think he, he feels like he should have stood up for himself more uh, instead of caving
2: okay. to the bullies. let me ask breaking. you a question. Yeah. So let's pause there for a minute. Okay. Does he think that, or is there another part coming in saying he should have stood up to them? Does no, that feel think, like a different yeah, part?
1: No, or? I think it's, I mean, and and when I, even then, I remember saying, just punch him back. He'll leave you alone.
2: Oh, okay. Just, and maybe so it, it was is my that. dad
1: saying, you know, stand up for yourself.
2: Okay. But he was feeling bad that that right. wasn't something he felt able to do. Right. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. let him know we got that. I want you to just check in with him and say, I got that buddy. You okay. felt like you should have done something. Yeah. What else does he want you to know about what that was like for you? I don't him? know,
1: but my face feels very sweaty. <laughs> <laughs> um, which is what happened when that super bully flipped my desk over and he, smashed me against the scary.
2: wall. It's scary. Yeah. It really yeah. scary. It is scary. Yeah, he's letting you know that was super scary. Yeah. And that was probably pretty unpredictable, too. Yeah. It sounds like it was like... It was
1: totally out of the blue, Scary.
2: Right? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let him know we got that, too. Okay that he had this experience that was like pretty overwhelming and very scary are you okay yeah okay like you're you're safe here man yeah
0: like, I know. Yeah, I know. You're okay. yeah
2: yeah so just let him know you got that anything else he wants you to know about what that was like no
1: i think he just wanted to you know Not hold it
2: in. Not hold it in. Yeah, like I never told it.
1: Like I never Never told anyone. Yeah, Mm -hmm. like what
2: that was like. Well, of course. So he was alone with that. Yeah. Nobody knew. Right. It was a big experience for a ten-year-old. Yeah. So, um, you know, Alan, I'm wondering if he knows about you. Uh, I don't know. So you can see him, right? Yeah. See if he can see you. And and let him kind of see the grown-up you that's here now kind of knows a lot more about the world and has a lot more options than he did yeah Yeah. and see if he's able to do that I don't know
1: yeah I think he can
2: okay does he like knowing there's someone there yeah okay so just let him know you're listening see if there's anything else he wants you to know or if he just kind of wants to just have you be there Or maybe there's something you feel like you want to yeah. say to him. I think
1: he just. I think it feels good to know that there's someone there, you know, helping or watching.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Anything you want him to know about that experience, or that he wished an adult had said to him at that time? Yeah. I don't know. Do you think he should have been punching the other kids? Or what would you like to say to him about that?
1: Probably. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, like, I think I would have stopped. I think, you know, I think for as an adult looking back, once I flipped that switch and stopped putting up with shit from people who didn't deserve to give me shit, okay. life got a lot better. Well,
2: why don't you tell him life got a lot better and that you did learn to stand up for yourself? Uh, um, but what do we want to say to him about uh, the fact that he didn't? I mean was that his fault or did he just not know what to do Yeah,
1: I think he just didn't know what he to do. He just didn't know. Yeah. It
2: was kind of overwhelming and scary and yeah. his maybe just his body and mind just took over and he didn't really have a lot of choice about yeah, how he was Yeah, no, responded. I mean, I
1: remember the the one kid that held his shoe over my face in the playground with his dad's pistol at my belly.
2: Oh, wow. In, what
1: fifth grade? Fourth oh. grade? Yeah, same. And I just remember I was like
2: Frozen. Frozen, you know, Frozen, So in that
1: polyvagal state, I just went to freeze. There you go. Right? So
2: let that kid know yeah. there's a thing yeah. called polyvagal freezing. And that's what happened to him. It wasn't that he was wrong or weak or bad. He just... It was overwhelmingly scary. Right. And so he did the only thing he could do. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. How does he like yeah. hearing that?
1: I think it's good.
2: Good. So, okay. Yeah. 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 So... Here's a decision point, right. and we can keep going with right. this, or we can stop now. But sometimes these parts don't want to stay there. Right. I'm wondering if he would like to leave that place, or if he still has more he might like to tell you another time. Is there more he needs to talk to you about, or does he want to get out of there?
1: No, I, don't, I think he wants to call it good, because I just asked, do you want to talk about anything else? And he's like, no.
2: So, okay, so check in with him and find out where he would like to go because he can come here with you and hang out with you. He could go somewhere he'd rather be. Where would he rather? You might just want to be with an adult.
1: I think he just wants to be free.
2: Just wants to be free. <laughs> what would that be like for him? Like where would he want to go? So here's, let's try this right. then. Here's another suggestion. A lot of times we can invite parts to unburden. So he's been carrying this burden, these burdens. First of all, like feeling like he should have done something and right. feeling like maybe there was something wrong, yeah. So we can invite him to, un- to release these burdens with your help. And you can imagine doing that however makes sense to the two of you. You can build a big bonfire. You could shoot it into space. You can bury it in a vault. Um, so do you want to check in with him and see how you might like to do that together?
1: I think he wants to smash something
2: great that sounds awesome that's awesome so can you help him build something with his burdens that he can smash
3: yeah
2: all right and then smash him up the two of you okay okay yeah. now he's invited to bring in any qualities he'd like to have that you can help him bring in So just let him do that. And you can tell us or not tell us what kind of qualities he wants to bring back into himself. Okay? Yeah. All right. Yeah. 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 And then you decide, you two decide where does he want to go? Does he want to be free, like running through the woods? Does he want to be playing with the dogs? Does he want to come here with you and play with your dogs? Like, what feels right to him?
1: Well, I think... One of his favorite memories of that era of his life was riding his bike through the woods.
2: Beautiful.
1: To this creek. Like, it was very... Yeah. That's probably why I still like to ride my bike through the woods. (laughs) Awesome. Well, let's
2: let him do that. Let's let him do that. And then I want the other parts of you to just notice what we just did. First of all, I'm grateful. Let's show this little kid some gratitude that he showed up today, that he let us see him that he's been working so hard um, you know we we didn't exactly go back and connect the judging but you could see he's anticipating scary things happening if people mm-hmm. don't like him right. right so makes sense so I'm grateful maybe just show him some gratitude that he was willing to be vulnerable and show up today and show the other parts what that was like to kind of get in touch with him and let him be here and. Um, we can leave the other one for another day. but um, <laughs> So yeah. when you feel that feeling of maybe being judged, arise. You don't want to leave this little guy alone anymore. So I recommend you check in with him. Okay. Make sure he's still enjoying his right. bike ride. Yep. And if he shows up again, then you'll be like, oh, it's that kid who had that super scary experience right. that was super unpredictable when somebody didn't like him. Yeah. So, of course, he would be scared All of right. that. All right. And then you can just be like, I'm here. I got you. Okay. How was that? It's okay? uh, it was good.
1: It was, uh, it was good. It was very. It's pretty wild, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It uh, was intense.
2: Yeah. So, you know, we can think we're going to start with the one that doesn't like right. to fail. But you just listen for who's showing up and then we start there.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And mm-hmm.
2: then we just because that's how I know. I know that's who needed your attention today. Right. And that's the one that was raising his hand, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, that, somehow your mind and body knows that needed to come before we get to, you know, that one was protecting you from me and people, right? right? Mm-hmm. So until we help him feel a little safer, he's not going to let you get to the one that's like constantly telling yourself to get your shit together. Now, it could very much be related. Yeah. Um, but who knows? I don't know. Um,
1: um, I'll, I'll dig around and find out who else is
0: in the
2: Yeah, so
0: I, I will yeah. say as soon as that younger part of you noticed that you were in the room, there was like an energy of relief. Yeah, there was just like it. It got noticeably lighter in here as, yeah. as, as
1: soon as well, it was, like it was. I could feel it too. I mean, mm-hmm. I could feel That's it, what like, I'm yeah. talking about. That, like, yeah, I was just sweating. It's
2: like, the heart yeah. to heart. It's body the body. Was, yeah. just
1: re- it was the sucky thing is uh, I felt like I was reliving. Yeah, especially yeah. In the, yeah. In the high school part, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And you know, last week after I did my little cyber stalking, I was like. I'm just going to forgive that guy. He was Mm -hmm. fucked up. And whatever. Whatever he had to do to act out in class that day was his problem, not your problem. And the fact he had a problem with me was his problem. Because I don't think I'd ever had a conversation with him in our entire high school career until he smashed my head into the wall. So
2: that's great. And people will often do that where they'll say, well, my parents couldn't help it and we can't undo it anyway. You know, that's great. That's a cognitive part. It's welcome too, But... It doesn't change the fact that that kid had that experience, All right? right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So whether that ki- the uh, the kid that hurt you was also trauma, it, it, uh, that's beside the point for us because you know you can that's forgive the leader, him, right? Well, or oh. I mean you can do it simultaneously, but the thing is that kid needs you to be like, yeah, but this was horrible, right? Yeah, and I need you to yeah. see me, and and so that heart to heart, like again, body mm-hmm. connection, somatic healing experience, that's what's different about IFS because we could have sat here cognitively talking about your bullying all day long and most therapy stays there. And you don't get to that like, oh, that poor kid. I'm here for you, <laughs> right?
0: Yeah. I think there's a difference between like acknowledgement and like investigation or like with uh, investigation with like compassionate yeah. curiosity, I guess. I think that there's, yeah. and I think that a lot of the cognitive, it just, it, it stays,
2: skates the surface. Yeah, Plus it just goes you're to often, often stuck in an intellectual part.
4: Yeah. Yes. So how, it's not
2: how? self it's, and, and that intellectual part doesn't actually have access to the compassion that you need because mm-hmm. it's not yourself
4: yeah so you've you're you're sort of like half in half out half adult half you now justifying as you're describing it so right. you're not getting all the way down which is down all the way to down the to... somatic right. piece bottom up this is
2: to help so, that kid so, heal d- yeah, yeah So this
4: this whole thing seems to me it looks like it's got to be bottom up is where the healing comes. Well,
2: those experiences are visceral.
4: Yes, yeah.
2: And they're encoded in our nervous system. Right. Not like a memory of going to the movies that's just cognitive. Yeah. You know, you had you were sweating, right? I, I could feel it too, yeah. right? Yeah. And and you probably could even Imagine the desk flipping. Over. Like your body remembers. That's you know that Bessel van der Kolk book. The body keeps the yeah, score. Right. So right. until you connect with the full state of consciousness of of that kid. Like you know, as an adult, you can be like, yeah, that was really hard for for me. That was scary. But when you're like, this is feeling be... what that kid felt. Like that was so scary, buddy. Right. Yeah.
1: Well, and yeah. I would say my physical emotion while we were doing that. Or my physical, you know, what was happening physically was exactly what happened then. Mm -hmm. The same sweat, you Mm -hmm. know. Yeah. You know, trying... And and it was crazy. Yeah, it is crazy. Mm
2: -hmm. So, it was... And then for that 10-year-old kid to have that experience and have no one he talked to. And no way to process it. Yeah. And that's overwhelming.
1: That was... And it was different times like you wouldn't go get snitch I wasn't going to go snitch on some guy I was going to tell my mom I am going to tell my parents what was going on right. you know Right? because then they go to school and then the kids gonna be get worse,
2: worse right? right so you just yeah. you don't have any control over and you just do yeah.
1: you see the kid you know the, 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 well, so around look. school or on the playground you'd, you'd go the other way just like avoid that so
2: no right. wonder this kid worries about how he's perceived right right like high stakes man yeah, high stakes. Mm-hmm. So um, now you can tell him, "Oh, you know, I'm here now. I'm a little better at discerning who's safe and who isn't. I have other options. I could punch him in the face. Yeah, that's <laughs> what I
3: was I'll smash that kid on the top of the head and break both of his legs."
2: <laughs> yeah. And you know, sometimes, sometimes we even can do like that kind of imaginal reprocessing where you, the adult, stand up, All right and say to that other kid yeah. no yeah. little yeah. whatever back up that's yeah. not happening you know and sometimes our young selves like that there's an adult who actually steps in and interrupts it or because you are here now right, right? yeah mm-hmm.
4: and after you know well i have the advantage here in the room of knowing you since you were 19 18 19. 18 yeah. i was 19 i believe yeah so and that, I've, I've watched this, and for years I had to back away from you, dude, because just like you had said in your in your uh, uh, story on that podcast, on that episode, it was hell. Mm. You were hell going to parties with when we were in our young band days. I did not show up anywhere with this guy because <laughs> he was the Tasmanian devil. He'd go into somebody's party, and it was like, uh-uh. The, the, the
2: like anger, or
4: it was, it yeah. was, yeah, it was, it was off the chart. Yeah, um, and you would destroy. You weren't there to party; or you just did. drink their beer and leave. You were there to destroy. He's a destroyer. And, <laughs> and right? uh, well, you were there <laughs> I,
2: I am too. So yeah, there you yeah. go.
4: <laughs> now, after going through this exercise, this this really puts it all together. It's almost like what you guys had alluded to earlier is that I'm gonna hurt you before you hurt me. I'm gonna go through the world like a whirlwind before anybody can fuck with me again mm-hmm. and it was a protective thing that I what I was witnessing then right it just yeah, 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 it was, just, just came right. off to everybody and our peers and everybody else's the guy's out of control well it's but,
2: mismatched to the current circumstance but it made sense at the time
4: yes at the right. time and, yeah. and in it that time when, safe
2: that's when, right when, yeah that's when, right. We're,
4: when we're yeah. that age that's too right. you were totally just playing it out. It was, it was almost like an exercise. Well,
2: if you if you do that, people don't fuck with you. Right. <laughs> that is true. That's my point. That is yeah.
3: my
4: point. That's exactly right. That's exactly
2: yeah. my point. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly right.
4: That's exactly my point. And we were at a yeah. point in our lives, too, where we had some notoriety. And we had a lot of people wouldn't fuck with us anyhow um, because they knew who we were, you know, in a band and yada mm-hmm. yada. So you had that sort of... Uh, that sort of latitude uh, as, a, uh, as a starting point, a, re- a reputation. But you were going to make sure you stayed right on top of that with that protective layer. And I never saw it that way. I just saw, well, he's just getting entertainment. Mm. But now after go- watching this, this all makes sense. Yeah, it always all makes sense. One of our friends listening yeah. to this podcast... Is going to get it.
2: Yeah, it makes it always makes sense, and I think that's what's so beautiful about it is all these things we do that we shame ourselves for that we feel like don't make sense. They hundred percent do when you actually have the compassionate inquiry about it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, how, how do you feel after that? Um, I do feel different. I feel less burdened, maybe. Less shamed, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. you know. Because mm-hmm. I think there was a lot of shame with going on. Of with course,
2: that, yeah. you know, I absolutely
1: mean, you shame with your self, your peers.
2: How else is that kid supposed to understand that experience, right? right. Yeah, right. and so having you come in and tell him a little different story about what happened, which he should have heard from an adult at the time,
0: right? <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for doing that, though, man. Yeah.
3: I, yeah. That was,
1: I know that's like that's very of vulnerability. vulnerable. Yeah, yeah, really vulnerable. vulnerable. And you know, like yeah, I was talking to my wife about when we did my story, mm-hmm. and then we had to push it back two times. Oh, so every week I was just like <laughs> just oh, spinning no. in it. Ooh, here we go. <laughs> and then like, oh, we can't do it this week, and I'm like oh, another week of <laughs> being stressed about having to do this, you know? Because I'm like, oh. You know but then afterwards like our friend Corey you know mm-hmm. was like holy shit dude I and he had been bullied a lot which is hard to believe because a guy was he's huge he's,
2: he's like, huge, sometimes kids work, pick right? on the big kids though yeah, true. yeah. Right. yeah. So
1: try it, the big was, guy uh, you yeah know, and he was like I had no idea he goes but maybe I just wasn't aware at that age what you'd been through and we're like, I mean we're all kids
2: right well right. you don't talk about it, it. yeah you don't talk right. about you don't talk it. about like, it it's your private shame right and a kid takes it in as like there's a reason he's targeting me, right? right There's I mean, something about me. That's how yes, kids take it yeah, in because they're yeah. egocentric. They don't they don't know any right. other think, way to think about it. So, yeah. yeah, well, I do appreciate it so much oh, that well, you're willing. Thank you. Yeah, and, was, you know, look, when you do this work, it's like if we were working together longer term, it's like peeling layers of an onion, right? right? We get this one. And then next week is somebody else. <laughs> and then a week later. And sometimes, you know, that kid might have said, I'm not ready. And then we're like, oh, there's more. He needs us to know about what yeah. was happening yeah. for him back then. And so you always give options. It's always an invitation. And the parts know whether they're Well,
1: and I think, you know, you know now that, that he's wanted to be seen for a long time. But as an adult, I didn't want to because I feel like. Now until then, I mean, I was reliving that shame Mm. and that, and part of the shame was, you know, again not standing up. Well,
2: that's why I asked you because sometimes another part comes in and goes, "He should have smacked him," and and so then you feel in your body, is that that kid? Or is this another part? Is this the grown-up That Or just a later <laughs> yeah, one, or just right. the shame that came in to be like, you little, why didn't you? You're such a whiny baby. And so mm-hmm. that's what I'm saying. There are often parts that hate those little exiles. Yeah. Because they think they mm-hmm. were, uh, you know, they were misbehaving. So nobody yeah. liked them, and they're whiny. And we left that kid behind when we got to be the angry teenager that everyone was afraid of. Mm-hmm. We left that one in the dirt.
3: Yep. Like, yeah.
2: forget yep. about yep. him. Right? And so... Yeah, these parts are so afraid to go back. They don't want to integrate that vulnerable little kid back into the self. But he's the one that needs it the most. Then then everybody else can settle down.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Wow, I'm going to have to work on a lot of that because I was just thinking about a bunch of other things that happen like that.
2: (sighs) Just bubbling up. See, this is what happens. Once one part gets seen, they all start raising their hands. Yeah.
1: Yeah. They're all similar, you know. I mean, it's all just like... The kid, I was always the last kid to get picked for any sports thing, yeah. you because know? I was this little fat
2: kid. That's so painful. So, Ugh.
1: And then I remember this other kid whose brother was, like, the older brothers. This kid was young, and his older brothers were, like, out of high school, but they were, like, gangbangers, and uh-huh. they were scary, yeah. like, scary dudes. So this little kid knew he could do, you know, like, fuck with you, Ugh. because if you did anything... You his didn't. brothers. So I remember I, was, I used to mow lawns, right? Uh, I would push my mower along. He came up on his bike, and he was this little Mexican kid with freckles and red hair. So he was just, like, really weird looking. Yeah. And he's like, give me your money. And I'm like, no, man. And then he pulls a knife on me. And I'm like, this kid is like, I'm like 13, and this kid is like 9. And I'm like, oh, my God. So then he like made me get on my knees and beg for my life as he held his knife to me. And uh. I was just like what the horrible you know so there's all these like things sure like I just I didn't even remember that until today. I'm like
2: ah, wow it was like well and it could be you know this is a memory network you know sometimes what happens with parts is like they'll have that initial experience like this unexpected thing where it felt shame for not being able to fight back or whatever right and then they go through your life and every time something similar happens they just gather more evidence right see yeah. I'm a piece yeah. of crap see I should have fought right. back see I so it could be that what's happened is it's bubbling up similar kind of memories in that network of trauma yeah. that are related and that may happen for a day or two <laughs> right, right? Okay. and you just keep checking and even with that kid right. of course you couldn't do anything else it was too dangerous that was a good choice what else could you have done Good yeah, for you. The, the, you the, know?
1: Uh, the 19 year old that Chris met would have been like, You should have let him stab you, taking <laughs> the knife and stabbed him <laughs> with <dent on> it. <laughs> you with dental know,
2: Which is a whole different kind of problem. Yeah. Right? It's, yeah.
3: it's
1: a different and kind maybe of problem. Even at that age, I should have been like, Just take one slashing and kill the kid. But then I'm like, eh, No. That's not a road I want. Well,
2: to so again, so, you know, um, I think the one that comes in and says you should have gotten stabbed is another part. Right. And so when you. Connect with your wise adult self, what do you say to that little kid? You just say, Hey buddy, you did the best you could. Right. That was scary. You knew what was happening and you could have really got hurt and I'm glad you didn't. Yeah. You know? You saved could've.
1: your you were Well now good. I got like 50 years of stuff.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Welcome welcome to peeling the onion. (laughs) That's it. (laughs) This is the worm, folks. It's like the giant ball of string thing.
2: Imagine doing this with ketamine on board because you go even deeper, right? Yeah, And, you know, just like IFS with psychedelics, each Experience is a peeling of the onion. I think, you know, a lot of the way people are talking about psychedelics now is like this miracle cure, right? But it's just like what we just did. You'll take a deep dive, mm-hmm. but there's always more. Right. And then you have to come back here and kind of put it into practice and notice when it comes up again and check out, with, check up with that kid and stay compassionate towards yourself. And it's an ongoing practice.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, can you, can you tell me more about the ketamine assisted yeah. stuff? I don't know much about that at all. I don't know. If yeah. Anyone else does? But. Yeah. So. No.
2: Ketamine is. Um, it's got a
0: bad rap, though. It definitely does, especially within the the type of podcast that we're doing. I mean, it's it's obviously it's a drug, but I want to hear about it from like a yeah a therapeutic a clinical standpoint. Clinic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. well, that, and
2: I uh, know it's crazy to some people that we're using drugs to treat addiction. But we are, and um, actually having some pretty good success. So um, I have a little dog in my lap right now. I'm just going to say hello, friend. So I can't ignore him. Um, So you're distracting me, Otto. Um, (laughs) So ketamine is um, a dissociative anesthetic that's used in, well, it's known as Special K on the street. You probably know that. Um, it's used in veterinary medicine, but it's also used in emergency medicine. It's a World Health Organization essential medicine. They use it in the military a lot. So one of the qualities that ketamine has is that it's, while it's an anesthetic, it doesn't depress the breathing or the heart, so it's very safe in that way. In fact, it it tends to just raise blood pressure a little bit when you give it to people. I think it was mostly accidentally discovered Mm -hmm. that ketamine would have this quality of alleviating depression and suicidality. Um, There may have been studies, but I think it was surprising how effective it was, actually. So it does have a biochemical effect, but also it is, at at certain doses, it has a psychedelic effect, um, which i think research is showing um creates neuroplasticity in the brain it allows different parts of the brain to speak to each other that often don't communicate and you know getting back to what we were just talking about integrating parts Mm -hmm. connecting mind to body yeah yeah You know, when you look at a brain scan of a brain on psilocybin or another kind of psychedelic, it's like there's communication (laughs) in all directions, right? And like music has colors and sounds have feelings and Mm -hmm. you make these... um, I guess, you know, the metaphor that I like is if you think about um, like a mountain with snow and there's like a ski track, right? Right. And you keep going down the same track, and going down the same track, and Mm -hmm. going down the same track. When you take a psychedelic, it's like there's a fresh snow. Yes. And suddenly, you might have the option not to go in that same track. Now, you may start falling back into the track, Mm -hmm. right? But every time there's a fresh snow, it shallows the rut. (laughs) And you have the opportunity to practice something different, or make a new connection, or unwind a loop or a pattern of thinking that can be very difficult to unwind. So um, we use ketamine in my practice, and there are many different ways people are using ketamine right now. You know, there's mail-order ketamine you can get through the mail. There's infusion clinics, which tend to be more like medical model. So they're often anesthesiologists or um, uh, psychiatric nurses that can Administer these types of. It's a Schedule Three medication, so it has to be prescribed. So I work with a doctor, actually. Um, But our model is therapy. Therapy is the treatment. Ketamine is an adjunct to the treatment. So we do a lot of really careful preparation. Um, We and I have worked with people who have addiction issues in my ketamine practice. So we do a lot of parts work around the substance using parts and really working with them to understand that what we're doing with ketamine is not what they like to do with substances. That's fair. Right? Because what they're going to want is relief and escape. Yes. Okay. So we spent a lot of time around that because if you're using ketamine or psilocybin or MDMA even um, as a clinical Adjunct, what you're doing is you're going to your trauma, you're doing deep self-exploration, and you probably won't be having fun, and you certainly won't be escaping.
4: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep.
2: So... And what's interesting is, you know, even when right you even yeah. when you do the preparation work, a lot of times the addictive parts are very disappointed yeah. Yeah. by I can the experience, they be. yes. <laughs> yes. because they don't like what happens. You know, but then we just work with them, and we remind them what we're about, and why we're doing it, and why this is different. And um, so, you know, it's early days with all of this stuff, and There are people who get into trouble with ketamine, for sure. Mm -hmm. It does, you know, if you look at, like, um, there's a guy named David Nutt who did, I think it was David Nutt, who who made, like, this chart about, like, the dangerousness of, of different kind of substances. And, like, on this end, you know, the most dangerous is, like, opiates, alcohol. You know, they're drugs that only escape you. They really don't do have any other kind of quality. They're not particularly helpful. They don't give you any insight. They just basically obliterate you, right? right? Those are over here, and those people get into a lot of trouble with because you learn quickly and efficiently how to escape your discomfort, right? And that's the only thing they do. And you have to take more and more and more of them to get the same effect. Mm-hmm. In the middle of that spectrum is like cannabis and ketamine, mm-hmm. those are, and MDMA ecstasy right Mm -hmm. they can either be a medicine or they can be a poison Mm -hmm. and it depends on why you're using them and what your intention is and how you're setting yourself up with it so you can use those drugs to escape and avoid or you can use them for insight and healing and and self-growth and cannabis can be very psychedelic if you have the right strain
3: Mm
2: -hmm. um you know when you look at mdma which is called ecstasy right uh They're doing stage three clinical trials that they just completed using it for PTSD. And people will say, that is no fun when they do it, but when they're doing clinical work with it. Yeah. Um, Because it's not, you're not there to party. Yeah, that's true. So, yeah, ketamine and MDMA are in that middle. And then over on this end is like acid and mushrooms. You know, people, as far as I can tell, you won't find an LSD or mushroom addict who are. That's all they're taking in any rehab anywhere. Mm-hmm. It's not physically addictive. If you take too much it stops working or it'll spank you usually. <laughs> <laughs> that, and then you won't want to do it for a I, while, I have right? Heard
4: a variety of those stories. Right, where you got kicked back out of whatever realm you stepped into because you were playing with something you shouldn't.
2: You got to treat them with respect, and event. if you don't respect it, they will spank you. Yes, and, and you, you know. So, in, in my view, in my experience, they're they're self correcting in that way. Well,
1: those were my go tos, and I think I said in my um, story how I would use acid to reset. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. like I was in college. Yeah. Overwhelmed. Yeah. With school work. So I would just like I'm gonna take some take acid. a little vacation, and then everything would. I wake up the next day. I'm like, "What were you so worried about? Everything's fine." Yeah, like I would just, it was yeah. just it's like rebooting the computer. So it know? can
2: be like that, right?
1: But that um, was always yeah. like for me the main reason I would take it. That or just for like
2: just relieve your boredom, or or for
1: creative <laughs> purposes. Creative. But the yeah. funny thing is, like, I would take it, and then. And maybe it was where I was mentally, but everything was just not that creative. Like, I was mm. just trying to force it, mm. right? Yeah. Like, if, yeah. It, if it was... Well, it, maybe
2: your mind was trying to work on something else, you know? Right. Who knows? Yeah. But, yeah, so for, for the psychedelic work that we do, um, we do a lot of preparation. Well, it depends on the person. Some people need a couple sessions. Some people need a lot. Some people, we kind of screen out for variety of reasons although in the few years I've been doing this I've really only had two people that I felt not okay doing it with (laughs) and we just did IFS work and had excellent progress Um, it's much the same as IFS work you assume there's an inner healer you're holding a safe space you're watching what unfolds Um, we have clients that wear a mask and headphones so it's optional It's an you know you don't have to but what we're trying to do is encourage an inner exploration mm-hmm. so when you're doing recreational drug use a lot of times you're looking at stuff and everything's cool and you're hanging <laughs> right no we want you going in and look we set intentions what are we exploring what do we want to learn about You know, the people who work with me, a lot of times, we're setting intentions around parts. Like, I want to get to know my critical part or have a different kind of relationship to my shame part or um, learn more about my addicted part and what it's doing or why it's doing that, right? Or greater access to self.
3: Mm -hmm.
2: So sometimes psychedelics can give you, like, this expanded mindful awareness so that you can get more clarity about self versus parts or just feeling love, you know? Um, and it's always a surprise. It's fascinating work because you never know what's going to happen, and everybody's different, you know? Some people look like they're sleeping. Some people talk the whole time. I had somebody running on my couch one time. Um, someone was chanting. Like, it's just fascinating. Mm-hmm. Um, watch and it's a really hilarious job to have because people show up like they're going to a slumber party and then we give them
3: drugs
4: (laughs) (laughs) the whole whole principal point though after all is said and done and all this therapy with the the three uh, main parts family members um and the ketamine is is so that they all get along That they're all talking. Yes. That they're all communicating and and one has no greater voice than the other.
2: Yeah, like so we say, you know, imagine these are all kids in a house with no adult supervision, right? Okay. So you've got this kid in the corner feeling like he should have punched someone. You got another kid who's yelling at him all day, like you need to get your shit together. <laughs> and then you've got you've got another one curled up crying, and yeah. right, and there's no adults. Yeah. And then self shows up and says, "Okay, you come here. Of yeah. course you're scared, and you stop yelling at everyone, and you, I get it, right? <laughs> yeah. And then and then you exactly. go, come here, kids. Here's what we're gonna do. Yeah." I'm here now. I'm going to help everybody. I'm listening to all of you. You're all really important to me. Mm -hmm. I appreciate all of you. Um, yeah, that's exactly it, Chris. It's like uh, uh,
4: Christ, a loving like, adult shows my, up. It so would Lord. probably be like Lord of the Flies. Yeah, right. <laughs> They're ready to <laughs> kill each other. <laughs> could be. Give,
2: they someone, need some yeah, adult supervision. Someone's going to
4: end up on the end of a spear. Well,
2: that could have been happening for a long time, right? Well, that's
4: funny because Lord of the Flies
1: first thing came to my mind. That's the thing that I was thinking. The adult too.
4: shows up. <laughs> <laughs> you kids are fucked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So if <laughs> you thought it was bad when they left the first time and the old abandonment. <laughs> yeah. Oh my um, gosh. Yeah. So this is the this is the work that going back to what we've been talking about with addiction, recovery, man, is there tears it. and you were talking about the peel and the onion. I always use that one too. And when you mess with an onion like that and you open it up, yeah. there's gonna be some tears.
2: Well I'll tell you, I had I had so I've had several clients who are dealing with different kinds of addictions, alcohol and heroin, um, gabapentin. Um, and this one client, her addictive part, you know, when we, we can do ketamine orally. You can deliver ketamine in a lot of different ways. So mostly we're doing um, intramuscular injection, but she had such significant childhood trauma that we felt like we wanted to start lower and slower. So we did an oral dose of ketamine. And so what you do with the ketamine is you swish it around in your mouth because you're getting it to absorb in the mucous membranes and then you spit it out. And her addictive part is like, I'm not spitting this out. I'm not wasting this. Blood. And she's totally swallowed it. And then she had a terrible, oh, terrible she, time. Sure she yeah. did. And because it hit her gut, she had a second bump when we yeah. thought she was done. And uh, boy, you know, there's nothing like talking to your addicted part when you're like, more is not better in this case. <laughs> yeah. And right. you, you aren't, this isn't about escaping, you know, and then you just work with it yeah. and, and say, you know, of course that one showed up because it thinks that what's happening is what used to happen. But, the, you know. We're doing something different. So Mm -hmm. even when they show up, you continue to work with them. Mm -hmm. And you just make that an explicit part of the work. And I'm always listening for that, you know. And we talk about it. Is this your substance-using part coming to therapy today? Or what is it saying? Or who's here? Um, And they're always welcome. Um, But, you know, I'm working with a kid. I guess he's in his early 30s. He's a kid to me. But mm-hmm. he went into rehab for the first time after his first ketamine treatment. And he'd been struggling with fentanyl and heroin for a long time.
3: Okay.
2: And he's been clean. Good.
3: He's Good for him. Well, Good no, for
2: him. I, I guess I should qualify that. He's using a lot of cannabis. But, but what's been okay. interesting, you know, it's harm fentanyl. reduction. Harm reduction mm-hmm. yes. moving toward. Baby what's, steps. What's been interesting for him, of course, is, you know, he's we're basically having to go back and reparent him from 18 because well even prior way back way way back but you know he had this idea like once he got off the drugs his life would be so much better but what we're obviously figuring out is all that stuff that got him started using drugs in the first place is all there still yeah and then that's where we are and and so it's we use ketamine periodically but mostly it's ifs
4: yeah that you bring up a great point that everybody thinks once the addiction's done you're on easy street and it's like it's a misconception total misconception in fact sometimes i think it's the opposite because i don't have alcohol to fall on it's hard i wish i did yeah but of course i won't and i don't but that means damn it i gotta deal with
2: it you gotta be uncomfortable and
4: i got and i gotta be uncomfortable and i gotta man i gotta you mean i gotta fall back on a process on yeah. tools damn it yeah i thought i was done with this yeah you know, i want well, no, to be done and, and
2: parts don't and want it's not done. to feel bad right that's it
4: but and, life is life
2: and you're gonna kind of feel bad yeah yeah, yeah. you know it's in so my that's my it That's
4: part of the experience <laughs> my body that's, doesn't have language so it. when it starts kicking up and if I don't know how to listen to it, then
2: mm-hmm.
4: it's going to catch me off
2: guard. But, you know, like going back to what you were saying, Kyle, is like if you can learn to be with your discomfort yeah. and turn toward it yeah. with mm-hmm. kindness, it yeah. tends to settle.
0: Yeah, most of the time most of the time i think i think as soon as you start trying to pull away and disassociate it's like pushing a beach ball under the water what you Pretty resist much. persists because
2: yeah. you're not listening to yeah. them or yourself yeah, yeah. yeah that is true yeah resistance always creates dysmorphia you know and that's true in psychedelic experience if you're mm-hmm. resisting what's happening you're going to have a very bad time
4: whatever you resist (laughs) persists louder yeah i found louder yeah
2: so we do a lot of instruction around trying to just be with what's arising and i think partly what ketamine and mdma can do they can be empathogenic like heart opening so it allows you to access the emotion that normally your protectors don't let you get to yeah. Right? And so if you can open that channel up a little bit safely so it doesn't feel too overwhelming, then people get this experience of riding a wave of emotion and showing their protectors like, ah, oh, it's okay if this comes. You know, we can feel pain, we can feel anger, we can feel these waves of things we've been the beach ball, yeah. Right that we've been trying to hold under and, and it'll be okay. Absolutely.
0: Well, thank you so much for for stopping by once again. Yes, thanks, Jill. Yeah. That was if, awesome. If you could um, awesome. do a little plug-in, who are you? How can people reach you?
2: Well, I guess um, my full name is Jill McCormick. My uh, practice is called Sirius, like the dog star, S-I-R-I-U-S, mm-hmm. net It's my um, webpage. That's probably the easiest way. I'm on LinkedIn, too.
1: And we'll have a link. Actually, um, did on the website on the things we like a link to her practice. Okay, so. and that's
4: McCormick M C
2: M C C O R M I C. Okay, cool, mm-hmm.
1: fantastic. All right, so we have to do our tradition.
4: Yeah, let's do Three some gratitudes. Let's do some
1: gratefuls. Mm.
2: Gratefuls.
4: So. Who wants to I, you I'll go? I'll start, man. Alan, I like I said in earlier first time in all these years I've seen you with any emotion I'm really grateful for that you've really pieced together a lot of things about thirty five years of you that today that was just really eye opening it was wonderful and it was beautiful thanks oh, for thanks. sharing yeah
1: yeah it was uh that was it was, awesome. it was good it was a little nervous going into it, but that's you know. That's, You're a tripper. that's one of my protectors back there trying to the save year, up, yeah
2: for thank me you. Save for me on. trying to get in your head. I was on this side
4: of the table <laughs> dodging the bullet. Yeah. Just yeah. going, thank God. It's You're next, name. Chris. I'll I would come back. Be a puddle on the floor. Um, but I'm I'm grateful for my health, even though I don't sound like it right now, and I'm tired as all hell. That's oh, right. But you know, um, really grateful uh, for my health jill i'm grateful that you could come back today Thanks. and man i can't rem- remember our first one i kind of in the knew.
2: coffee shop oh you mean the first one we
4: did the the first podcast yeah, it was because great. this one just yeah. recapping yeah, was, it was just this great. is great, it was it was great. too it was the wonderful. first
1: one though we all were like that was amazing yeah
3: but <laughs>
4: then, this one was as fun. well so thank yeah. you it was yeah. so informative no, this was it was great it very was really informative good. and and uh Thanks, yeah. Thanks my for, for being back. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah you got to come back next week.
2: Okay, and then, <laughs> and I guess, then guess whose turn it is? No, wait, wait, wait,
4: wait. <laughs> wait. Well, maybe we can uh,
1: each work on IFS personally. Mm-hmm. And then, mm-hmm. and if you, whenever Jill wants to come revisit, we can just talk check in about it. it That'd in. be
2: awesome. And you I know, I would like
4: to get good at
2: it. Yeah, and you can use it. With your clients, right? You oh, can use yeah. it with your family members. You can use it on yourself. It's mm-hmm. it's just really helpful that way. I love it. Mm-hmm. I love it. It's my favorite thing. Yeah.
4: Well, thank you, Joe. You're welcome, Hi. Kyle. Sure.
0: Um, I am grateful. I'm grateful that you were so willing to be vulnerable with us today. Like that was that was that was awesome, man. And I'm I'm glad that like you were you felt safe enough in this environment to be able to yeah. dive into that. Right. You know. Yeah. I mean, that's. It was awesome, man. It was really cool to to watch. Um, cool. I am grateful that you were so willing to come back in and talk with us. I love <laughs> sure. having conversations with you, and um, been trying to impl- you know implement some of these things practically, and it's um, fascinating and it's terrifying at the same time. But, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but you know, thanks for coming back in. You're welcome. And I am. I am getting married in about a month and a half and I'm very grateful that my relationship is going really well and um, that we're able to communicate with each other a little bit better and yeah I'm just grateful that you know the wedding planning and all that stuff is about done so cool
1: alright we're gonna let Jill go save the okay. best for last yeah. so Jill will go last <laughs> so i uh, really grateful
4: for uh, hey I'm Jill.
1: grateful that uh, this computer seems to be recording perfectly <laughs> and we're going to actually get this podcast <laughs> awesome. uh, on the internet yeah! probably tonight. Woo-hoo! so that's my first second I'm grateful that Jill was gracious enough to come and uh, grace us with her presence and her wisdom and uh, I'm grateful I'm doing four I always end up with four so I'm doing I'm grateful that I did that that it was, it was that was good um, that was really. It's funny because the kid keeps talking to me like yeah. after that he's like hey and. Hey, okay. thing. <laughs> You're gonna be up all night <laughs> listening to him. And you know, then I'm like okay buddy yeah okay I'm listening so I'm listening <laughs> yeah and, um, good that's and it. And then I'm grateful that my wife is incredibly patient with me. She was a Porsche widow all weekend. I went to the dealership for a class because I'm gonna go do some high performance driving school yes. in a couple. Oh
4: lots. good for you. And then God.
1: I got so excited that I went down to mom's house and got the car out of the garage and came here and worked on the paint. And then I went and drove it for a few hours. And then I got home, like, real late.
4: <laughs> She's a patient woman.
1: And she was completely fine with being a Porsche widow for the weekend. So. Awesome. um so anyhow, I'm really grateful that my wife lets me do stupid things like buy cars that we don't need and, <laughs> <laughs> and lets us me you know, drive them fast and stupid shit like that. That's so, awesome. Yeah.
2: Well, I'm grateful your protector parts let me get in there <laughs> and allowed that to happen. But it would have been fine if they didn't. It would have been okay. We would have gone with that, too. Um, I'm always grateful for dogs.
3: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
2: there can never be too many dogs in the world.
3: That's true. <laughs>
2: um, Yeah, I'm kind of... Actually, it's kind of fun to do this second, so I guess I'm grateful the first one bombed because then we got to all see each other again. Yeah, it was a fun one. And I'll say one other thing because I want to talk about my health too because I'm turning 57 tomorrow. Oh, Ooh. happy birthday. And I just yeah. spent a birthday. weekend skiing all day, cross-country Ooh. skiing. Like, I... What? had like a 10 hour workout and I did it That's fantastic. and I feel like I have to be so grateful that I can my husband and I both can do that and that's pretty great that's well, awesome because it's not going to last forever that is incredible yeah. We're
4: grateful for your child part because <laughs> <laughs> otherwise you wouldn't be able to do that.
2: I know, Good for right? You, cool. awesome. yeah. Yeah. So, Good for you, man. That's pretty awesome. killer. So take care of your bodies, everyone. Yes. yes. It's, uh,
1: I mean, having had this spine injury and this paralyzed leg, it's been eye-opening. But when I was at the thing this weekend, one of my friends who works there was with an I was with another friend that's gonna do the school with me and the you know the guy that works there at said, Yeah, it's real sad Alan can't mountain bike anymore. And to my buddy was like, What are you talking about? We went Thursday. <laughs> so you know, I'm super grateful that that there's enough technology to make it so I can still ride a yeah. bike. So yeah. that's five. Yeah. So next week I only have to do one. That's great. <laughs> that's not, that's all, all right.
0: Thank you. Thank
3: you. Yeah, thank you.
0: Thank you so much once again for stopping by and thank you everyone for listening and tune in to our next episode.
4: All right, who's got the bowl Kyle, pass me the bowl.